You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You are living in a society where the wheels are coming off. They're just coming off. As a shepherd, I wonder if you're going to be able to make it. I think there'll be something that fall by the wayside. It's going to get, it's going to get hard. It's going to get very hard. Unrighteousness has raised its ugly head, and it seems like it's winning. I want to speak about this subject tonight. Living for Christ in an evil day. I don't have to prove. I could give you the illustrations, but I I believe you know it's an evil day. Evil abounds. It seems like everywhere. Sodomy is everywhere. Now, only 1% of the nation claims to be sodomites, but they've captured every business. You name it. What sport? They've captured it all, every media. And your kids have to see this or hear this, even if they don't want to see it. It's just everywhere. I I wheeled my wife into the hospital for surgery this week, and then, of course, you know what happened? They postponed it to this week. But I saw the rainbow flag in the hospital, great hospital. So thankful for the hospital. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's at the library. It's everywhere. It's at your business. It's everywhere. And we think this is normal lifestyle. It's a wicked lifestyle. God says he gave you up to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Men burning their lusts with men, women with women. It's just, it's just, it's just a daily thing. How in the world are we going to make it? How are you going to make it with that just being a barrage? How are we going to make it with literally media people and government officials lying to us? Not, not just a, you know, they call a little white fib. Well, it's not a, such a thing. But it is just downright looking right at you and lying. Just liars. Hosea deals with that, that men will just lie. They don't know the truth. I mean, it's like the first answer is a lie. I have a list of people, government officials, I'm praying that God, not me, God will deal with them. They're sending so many boys and girls to hell. I know God is not willing that any should perish. But a lot more are perishing going to hell because of so many of these compromising preachers that will not preach, thus saith the Lord, and, and, and give the clear plan of salvation, how to be born again, and politicians that are just liars and, and, and lying to children, mutilating their bodies as young children. My goodness. Saying parents don't have rights. You don't have the right to understand what your child is being taught. And every Democrat in Congress voted 
that you don't have a right to know the curriculum your children are being taught? 100%. Ro Cotta, you're my dear buddy. You sit down here when you come to church. I, I, I have your cell phone. You have my cell phone. We talk. You brought me to D.C. twice. I am heartbroken. You have three children. You know better, sir. I mean, this is going to, your children will be, uh, society won't have children. Two men can't have children. Two women cannot have children. And God's commanded a male, a woman, a female, they replenish this earth. China made a rule, only one child, and now they're finding out and it's hurt their civilization. They don't have enough manpower. You cannot, you cannot tweak what God has said. How are you going to make it with politicians that just lie to you? I wonder if we even have, I wonder, I'm just wondering. I, I'll probably get off the air with this one. I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying it happened. I'm just wondering if there is such a thing as a fair election. I know this city for 40 some years, we were the election headquarters. But the last two cycles, they don't want to be here. And yet everybody that worked here, we always brought them breakfast and coffee and donuts and, and we brought them food and they loved it here. By the way, they don't want us, but they had the Muslim place over here to have the election this time. I don't know. Just, it's kind of strange thing for all those decades and decades and decades and decades you can vote here and now you can't. It's kind of strange. What a day we live in. What a day you live, live in. Uh, uh, my, my wife is, uh, I, she's cabin fever, 11 days now. And I said, well, watch some television. She goes, there's nothing on. Well, she's right there. I, I mean, she is absolutely right there. And we're kind of tired of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Our churches are, it just, it, it's self-destructing to think that the vast majority of the 385,000 churches in America are closed on a Sunday night. We don't need less church in this godless day. We need more. I, I think of what God's people are. I'm watching, I preached on wisdom on Wednesday night, discernment. I, I, I'm seeing such foolish decisions being made. What God's people why would you choose to do that? You, 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 you got no advice from an agent man or agent woman in this church or from a shepherd and you're making decisions that I don't know what it is. Uh, some of you are gonna be out the door in a short time. You're making foolish decisions. And, and yes, my goodness, I love you so much, but I'm thinking you're not gonna be around. You're gonna be out of church. I'm watching some folks, you're not going to be married to that mate. Well, you don't see, I see it. I think of Hollywood, what they're doing. Hollywood's not here to help us. I think of our school systems, and you heard me say it this morning. I owe the public missionary, public school missionaries an apology. I created a list in my prayer journal that are putting their names and members of our church. And I'll take any, anyone that you know, say, if you'd like my pastor to pray for you, I'll pray for you. Their missionaries being set in there. I thank God for them. 
I mean, what hope? You pull every one of these teachers out, and, and it's an amazing thing how our teachers have such a great testimony at school. Kids like their classes. There's behavior. Our families are, are, are corrupting. It burdens me. And I could give so many illustrations, and you know them as well, the vile, the godless, the satanic, the the God-hating activities, the announcements, the, the news, the decisions that are being made each day. We are living in an evil day. This though also, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Second Timothy 3, men shall be lovers in their own selves. It's all about the selfie. It's all about me, and I'm not happy, and I'm not this, I'm not, no. Men shall be lovers in their own selves, proud, boastful, Veterans of evil things, uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. They're, they're going to be uh, disobedient to parents, having a form of godliness, but denying the, the power thereof. I, I know I don't want to whip you tonight, but I'm going to ask you, when was the last time God dealt with you in your Bible time, in prayer time? When was the last time God really spoke to you about you? But I want to remind you, now is there Romans 1 and 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 6. But others have lived in an evil day and they've made it. Pastor Everson, Noah made it. And the words were like violence and corrupt. The, the world was wicked. And he was a righteous man. He made it. I think of Abraham's day and Sodomites came and got his adopted son. His dad died, his, his nephew and, and mother were gone and, and he adopted Lot and, and, and yet that righteous man vexed his spirit living in Sodom. It was a wicked day, but Abraham made it. Abraham made it. And Joseph being thrown in that pit and then went to the Midianites, went to a foreign land without mother, without father, without family, without his brothers, all 10, without all, for over 20 some years. And, and somehow he made it. Oh yes, he had to go to prison, charged, uh, char charged falsely, but he went. Uh, Moses made it under Pharaoh, brother Reimers. Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh was put the Jews in bondage he made it. And somehow David made it in that wicked day with Saul. And somehow Josiah made it in a wicked day when his, when his father and his grandfather left him a corrupt heritage, but he stood at age 16 for God. And somehow the apostle Paul, though all forsook him and all betrayed him and all left him, and the people, he won the Galatians to Christ. And he said, I'm afraid of you. I won you. You would have plucked your eyes out for me. But now I'm afraid of you. I speak to you as a, I love you, and you, you see me as an enemy. He had to talk to the church at Corinth that way. He's getting ready to die. His seven, head severed in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, and he's going to get ready to die. And he said, they're not here. They're gone. Demas has forsaken me too. He was on the last missionary trip with me, but Demas hath forsaken me. Why? Now he loves the present world. He loves the world. But somehow the apostle Paul made it. There's always been pharaohs. 
There's always been Nero's. There's always been Agrippa's. There's always been Ahab's and Jezebel. There's always been Athaliah's. There have always been Cherubim's and Rehoboam's. And then all the 19 kings of Israel, every one of them was wicked. Every one. Not one good one. And yet Christians made it then. There's always been Nebuchadnezzar's and Belshazzar. How, how, how are we going to make it in this evil day? I'm still in introduction. I won't be long when I get there. Verse 1, chapter 1. And the third, third year of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, under Jerusalem, and he besieged it. I see, I, I see by way of introduction that the, the city is taken. It's captured. I feel like our city is quickly being captured. Our state is quickly being captured. Our nation is quickly being captured. Our world is being captured. And here, in this, this moment where Daniel is going to have to figure out where he stands, there's a capturing going on in the city. But then not only they captured the, the city, they captured the house of God, verse 2. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God. And he carried him the land of Sharnar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels under the treasure house of his God. They took the things out of that belonged. It's like taking that piano that belongs here and taking it to a nightclub. And taking this pulpit and removing this part here and flatten it out and make it a place to serve beer. He stole from the house. They, they, took, they took the city, they took the house of God, and then they took the children. Look what it says in verse number three, the best. The king spake unto Ashpenaz and the master of the eunuchs that he would bring certain of the children of Israel and, and the king's seed under the princes, children whom there was no blemish, well-beloved, well-favored, skillful, all wisdom, Cunning in knowledge and understanding science, had ability to stand in the king's palace and, and teach him that tongue. And, and so they took, he took the city, he took the house of God, he took the children. That's the, that's the day. They're going to take a boy by the name of Dan, Daniel, and they're going to take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Daniel, when you get over to about chapter 6, the den of lions, or 7 or 8, I'm forgetting right now. But you get over there, he's 90 years of age. Here he's a young teenager. He lived in his entire life away from his mom and dad. Never had family Christmas. Never had Thanksgiving. Never had a birthday party. He was exiled in another country his entire life. But he's going to make it. And you know, David, by the grace of God, I'm going to make it too. And I believe you will too. I, I've got to make it. And I don't want to make it just, just sort of barely getting in. I want to make it living on the winning side. Happy in Jesus. Singing, even if it means as, as, as uh, Peter uh, was thrown into prison and, and Paul and Silas were thrown in prison in Acts 12 and they were singing at midnight. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Singing. I don't want to be a mulligrub Christian. I don't want to be a fatalist Christian. You know the very fact that we have one of the worst governors in America's history in our state? That fires me up. It excites me. Because all through the Bible, I see them serving under rough conditions, and yet God, he is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Though by sin oppressed. Oh, <laughs> Our governor, oh, I'm so grateful for what he's going to do for us. He's going to all the red states, and he's going he's to show how that we're losing our liberties and our freedoms. And the guy that locked us down for 472 days. And he took us from really no indebtedness to $777 billion, and now he wants $800 billions in reparations. Hmm. You voted for him, not me. You know what? Sometimes you tip your hand too hard, Pharaoh, and you get drowned, Exodus 14, in the sea. Sometimes, Herod, you, you're, you're too lifted up with pride. And God says, okay, buddy, it's over. And the worms came and ate him. And sometimes, Ahab, you think you're in control. And a guy pulls, pulls a, a bow and arrow and shoots. And, a, and it comes and it hits him right there. And he dies in his chariot. And the, the dogs came and licked his blood, just like the Bible said was going to happen. And then sometimes they say, hey, his wife, fling her down. And they ran over with the chariots and the dogs licked up her blood too, Jezebel. We're not on the losing side. We're on the winning side. And tonight, tonight, I, I want you to see that th this youth, he had to make some decisions. He had to make some decisions about wine. Chapter 1, verse 8. He had to make some decisions about worshiping God. You fall down in chapter 3, verse 11. You fall down and worship me. He, 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 in this godless place, he made some decisions. I think I can make some decisions in a godless day. I think you can as well. We're not the first to live in wicked days. Ask Barak and ask Deborah and ask Mordecai and ask Esther and ask Elijah and ask Elisha and last ask Nehemiah and ask Jephthah and ask Samson and ask Joel and Amos and Obadiah and all those prophets and ask Isaiah and ask Jeremiah and ask Ezekiel and ask the 12 disciples, ask them all. Were they in a right-wing conservative government? Never, never. But they all finished their course with joy. They all made a decision, we're gonna stand up, stand up for Jesus. Ye soldiers of the Christ across. When, when sin abounded, they said, I'm going on with God. And when unrighteousness abounded, I'm going with God. And when wickedness was on every front, I'm going with God. And when God haters are there, like Haman, I'm going with God. How, how did Daniel stay right? And I won't be long now. Verse 8, number 1, Daniel purposed in his heart. Purpose said, I'm, 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 I'm planted, I'm fixed, I'm anchored. Here's where I stand. I know I'm a teenager, but I'm not going to defile myself with this king. Yeah. 
what he wants me to do. I, I'm going to answer to God. Though he kills me, I'm going to answer to God. He purposed. Why, why, don't, why don't we, in this day in which we live, get some resolve that I'll have purpose in my heart. I'm not walking out on my wife, fellas. Don't you walk out of your children, 18.5 million children without a dad, walked out, walked out. I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about walked out. And then who knows how many are living in adverse situations. Why don't we say, I'm going to be a man in a manly, uh, in an unmanly society. I'm going to be masculine in a feminine society. Daniel purposed. And in evil days, you have to purpose. Daniel, secondly, not only he purposed, look at verse 8. But Daniel purposed, read those first three words, ready? But Daniel purposed, again, please. But Daniel purposed, in his heart he would not defile himself. But not only did he purpose, he prayed. You know how we're going to make it through prayer? You played that this morning, this evening, and he, uh, I wish I could sing like Brother Martin. I wanted to sing that. And he walks with me and he talks with me. Look what the Bible says. Look what he says in chapter 2. In verse number 18. In chapter 2, the Bible says they would, that they would desire mercies of God in heaven. He said, I'm going to pray. I'm going I'm to ask God. I'm going to my God, and I'm going I'm to talk to my God. And he said, uh, and the secret revealed. You know he was trying to get this dream that he had, Nebuchadnezzar had. Notice if you go to chapter 6. <clears throat> pardon me, in chapter 6, in verse number, uh, uh, pardon me, 10, <clears throat> in 6.10, the Bible says, now Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went to his house. They said, you can't pray. You're going to be cast in the den of lions. And, and he knew that the writing was signed, the law was passed, and went to his house. And his windows being opened to the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before God as he did a four-time. And, and when these men assembled, found Daniel praying. You can't pray. <clears throat> you can't pray in school. You can't pray in government. Uh, I used to be invited to City Hall on Tuesday nights to have, have prayer. A lot of people read the prayers now. Then it came to a point you had to submit your prayer. And, and then they have now moments of silence. So whatever God you go to. You're fools, my dear friends. Because there's a God in heaven. And this nation was founded by God-fearing people that prayed. We go to chapter 9 about his prayer. In chapter number 9, verse number 3, the Bible says... And I set my face to the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord. I made my confession. I said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to them that love Him and to them that keep His commandments, we have sinned. We have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even departing from Thy precepts, Thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto Thy servants. O Lord, verse 7. Verse 8, O Lord, verse number 9, the Lord our God, 
And he keeps praying. And he says, God, we need you. Look at verse number 20. And while he was speaking and praying and confessing my sin, the sin of my people Israel, presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, the holy mountain of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, caused me to fly swiftly, touched about me the time of my evening oblation. I want you to know that he, he prayed. The first thing I find in an evil thing, an evil day, he purposed, and secondly, he prayed, and thirdly, will be done. He prospered. Go back to chapter 6. Don't think it's over, friend. Look what it says in chapter 6, verse 28. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. He's now in his third king. Nebuchadnezzar, I, I, wish, I hope you'll go back and read it this week. He said, Nebuchadnezzar, you want to know what your dream was about? Here's what it's about. You're going to the fields for seven years. And you're going to eat grass like the animals. And there's going to be dew on your back at night. And you're not going to live in the palace. You're, you're going to live out in the fields and eat of the grass for your nourishment. Because he said, your kingdom has been taken away. God's still on the throne. You're, you're going to prosper. I, I say, what do you mean prosper? You're going to have success is that thought. How am I going to have success? How? Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. If any of you suffer as a Christian, suffer happily. Maybe, maybe I'll be weak, but maybe God will allow me to suffer. Maybe they'll come in here as they've so rapidly the last two and a half years have changed our country and altered our country. And our banking systems are failing. Big time. And our morality is failing. And our churches are corrupting. And maybe preachers that preach on a Sunday night will have the privilege to live in jail. Study all the dictators of the world that through socialism, through Marxism, through fascism, through communism, they always take the, took the banks over. Isn't that interesting? And they always, they, they took transportation over. And they took over the factories and ran the factories. And they outlawed the churches. Did you see whatever happened with those organizations, those places? And they all write against, you can look this up on Wikipedia for yourself. I'm not talking about independent fundamental Baptists. They all, they, they all became, they all de declared, I'm an atheist. I hate God. Because I, I don't believe there's a God. I hate anything to do with God. Somehow, you persecute the people of God, it always fans the flame. 
Maybe God's going to use these wicked days to fan a last-minute revival where people truly repent of their sins and get right with God. Daniel prospered. If I had time, I'd take you to Daniel 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Daniel prophesied. Still in that evil day. Still continue to serve. There's a man by the name of Mussolini. World War II. Mussolini ran Italy. He was so wicked, so wicked, so godless, slaughtered people, slaughtered them, executed people for no reason, killed thousands upon tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. But on April 29th, this month, 1945, they arrested him. They hung him up with four other men, three other men, four of them all together by their feet. And they shot and killed him. His buddy over here in Germany, and by the way, they killed his mistress too. And his buddy had a mistress with him in Germany. His name was Hitler. And he heard on what happened April 29th, 1945, as the war was coming to a close. And the Axis and the Allied forces were at one another. And he heard what happened to his friend Mussolini, a God-hater, a, God, a man who had a religious background, a father that apparently came to know God as Savior, but he rejected the faith of his dad. His buddy in Germany, his name was Adolf Hitler. On that 29th day of April, 1945, he fled and went to a bunker. And he took his mistress and he gave her a cyanide capsule and she ate that and died. And he took a gun the next day, the next day, the 30th of April, this month, 1945, in many folks here in this room, your lifetime, and he took a gun and he blew his brains out. He who slaughtered six million Jews because that was the bloodline of Jesus Christ. He who too had a religious upbringing, knew about the things of God, and Mussolini dies on the 29th and Hitler dies on the 30th. They all said the same thing. Science proves there is no God. Hitler killed 7% of Ethiopia. Stalin in 1953. Communism. So far we've talked about fascism and, and Nazism and now communism. One grave they discovered, he took 1.6 million people. They dug huge graves and shot them and killed them just because he didn't like them. Stalin died and his mind was corrupted. Mind was gone. He was breathing for years in pain and suffering. Don't tell me we're on the losing side. Sisera, Judges 4, 
verse 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22, he's, he's beating the children of Israel down and slaughtering the Jews. And he comes to a tent, and a man's wife says, you, you can spend the night in our tent. While he's sleeping, she takes a nail. They're hunting him down, and she drives the nail through the temple into the ground. And they came and said, you're looking for this guy? He's in the tent, and they found him dead. I, I want you to know that uh, Ehud, he, he, he saw Eglon, who was a wicked, vile king, and he came into the summer cottage, the Bible says, a summer house, and he walked in there, he locked the door, and he took a dagger, and he threw it under the fifth rib, and the dirt fell out, and there he lied, and he stuck out over the, out of the window and down the lattice, the Bible says, and guess what? There was a victory for Israel that day. Goliath, he, he looked so big, and yet he fell so hard. No, I'm on the winning side, child of God. Saddam Hussein, Slaughtered Christians, hated Christians. He was only a dictator for four years, 19, a, a few years, 1979 to 2003, just a few years really. He spit in our face with 9-11. When we hunted him down, he was hiding in a cave. On Christmas of that year, my wife and I, the church uh, got us a place to stay for a night or two. And we were there and we heard it. We didn't see it. We heard it, like, I think it was on the radio, how that they hung them. And they opened that trap door and you could hear it on the radio. They opened the door and there he hung and died. I'm not for hurting people. I'm just telling you, friend, you can't touch God's what is God's and get away with it. He just can't do it. By the grace of God, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live for him. I don't know what cost it's going to take. I don't know what price it's going to be. The Trail of Blood, you read that book, there's over, they thought 50 million, but now it's, history bears out, maybe as many as 100 million Christians died during the dark ages at the hand of Romanism. And that's why you have the catacombs underneath the city of Rome and they buried Christians underneath that place. But God, God's word says that seven hills in the tribulation is going to be destroyed. And all that joined together with her. No, we're on the winning side. God's always the victor. Let's stand together, please. Our heads are bowed as we stand, our eyes are closed. Our Father, we, we live in a wonderful day. Oh, this world has rejected you. And I pray that there be an army of deacons, deacons' wives, staff, staff wives, mates, husbands. There'd be an army of Christian school kids and a college and ushers and Sunday school teachers and bus workers and church members and say, I'm in. I'm going to purpose in my heart. Daniel purposed. I'm going to pray. Daniel prayed. Daniel prospered. And Daniel prophesied. And he prophesied about the tribulation. He said, it looks like I'm losing. My friends went into that, that fiery furnace. And I went to the den of lions. It looks like we're losing. 
But there's coming a tribulation when you're going to be dealing with unrighteousness and then that kingdom age and you'll be on the throne. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.